All right, here we go. I told you on Twitter this is going to be happening. We're sitting down with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Teddy Jenner. Teddy, how's it going today, buddy? Uh, I am two thumbs up. Fantastic, man. How are you? Uh, you know what? Living the dream. The trade deadline for the NLL just passed. You got the NHL trade deadline around the corner. It's deadline season. Absolutely right. loving all the rumors and things flying around. So it's fun to uh, get you on to get caught up uh, on the NLL and what happened there. Yeah, man. It, it was... Uh... Uh, I'm still kind of trying to put my hand around everything that, that went down over the past few days in the National Lacrosse League just because we all kind of thought there were and hoped that there would be more blockbusters. But, um, and we'll get into it. It's just the way that, that teams kind of saw their final few games going into that deadline shaped out. I, I think there's a lot of teams that still think they're a couple of wins away from being right back into things. And when you look at what the Halifax did, you know, they did. A, a move, a necessary move in bringing Sean Evans in because yep. Stephen Keogh got put on the COVID list. So that kind of made sense. But now that it didn't really work over those two games, and now that most likely Stephen Keogh is going to be back and, and they didn't move Sean Evans or anybody else from that right-hand side uh, leading up to the deadline, there's a lot of bodies over there now. So uh, I'm very interested to see what Mike Kersey does with that group because you're now going to have to be sitting uh, a possible Hall of Famer. Um, on a more regular night than he would be if he was stayed in Rochester. So uh, yeah. lots to talk about and, and, you know, some very interesting moves. Well, before we break down what the Thunderbirds did and get into them, we'll, we'll deep dive on those guys, of course, because uh, that's basically who I cover the most of. I want to yeah. ask you, you know, over the deadline, what was the move that shocked you the most and why? Um. Obviously, the the departure of Steph LeBlanc from from Halifax, and again, we'll get into that. It was a very curious one, um, just because of how it all happened. It didn't seem like it, it was coming, but I think the the Digby Ron John first rounder for Tyson Gibson is one that kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think anybody was really thinking that Tyson Gibson was on the block. I don't think a lot of people thought Colorado was ready to give up on Ron John yet. Um, Tyler Digby, I, I believe lives in Philadelphia. So it was a bit of a commute to go to Colorado. So now it's a bit of a shorter commute, but for Colorado to get the reigning rookie of the year at a former first overall pick, uh, is an absolute coup for them. Like this is a huge boost for that roster. When you think of how well their defense can play, yes, they let in a 20 burger to Panther city this last weekend, but the way that defense plays and, and the things that they can do, and they just got joking, um, Anthony Jokum uh, from Philadelphia. So there's there's a piece that they can add to their defense. Their defense isn't the issue. I thought, you know, adding a lefty might have been a focal point for them, but bringing in Tyson Gibson to to still bang and crash around like Tyler Digby did, but a little more finesse and a little more scoring power, uh, I think is an absolutely wonderful get for them. And I think conversely for New York, they recoup a first-round pick they lost in the noseworthy trade. But you get a guy that's played for you before in Digby, and you get a, a young guy like Ron John who uh, has a great future in front of him. He's a young kid. He has got great hands in transition, and he's blazing fast. So uh, I think it was a very even trade for both teams, even though it may not seem like it. But it was definitely one of the ones that kind of came out of nowhere. And you talked about the deadline kind of you know lacking blockbuster kind of deals. Um, was there anything that you were hearing that was one that really got your ears perked up? I got to ask, yeah. obviously, I heard a couple of things that were maybe going to happen. And then obviously uh, I didn't get to have anybody on for the Thunderbirds, but there was uh, a couple of things that were coming that way. But 
wondering for you, was there anything you were hearing that you're like, wow, this goes down, this could change? Yeah, I, I so I think I think the majority of the rumors leading into the deadline surrounded what the Saskatchewan Rush were going to do, what Derek Keenan would do with his prized defensive UFAs that are coming up. You have Dilks, Rubish, Corbeil, they're all coming of UFAs. And, and those are guys that have strong ties to the East. So there has always been a talk of which team is going to land those guys in free agency. And it never happened. But the one trade that we started hearing rumbles of like midday or mid morning on Tuesday and Patty and I were talking about it back and forth. And some of the other guys were kind of talking about it, but then I started hearing it from players. And yeah. um, when players start talking about it, you know, that it's something that's probably actually been asked. And that was that a deal between Saskatchewan and Buffalo had been tabled and a return piece to Saskatchewan would have been Chase Fraser. And Patty and I just were like, there's no way like that. That is not something that in a million light years, Steve Dietrich would do the general manager of the Buffalo bandits. But that was the one that really perked my ears up and said, Oh my God, really? If that happens, like that is a blockbuster just, with Chase Fraser moving on, let alone who would be coming back. But that was, that was the one that really perked my ears that kind of got me saying, Oh my goodness, if this actually happens, we are in for a treat. But unfortunately San Diego or Saskatchewan didn't do a whole lot. And um, we'll just have to wait for free agency for the, see where those guys end up anyway. Oh yeah. Well, there's going to be some big bangers going on free agency for sure. Yeah. Um, this trade deadline though, from what I've gathered and of course talking with different people, this one was a little bit more lively, a little bit more juice to it, a lot of people having fun. Uh, it kind of picked up a lot of more steam than usual. Um, for you, what yeah. was it like on your side of things? Did you feel that as well, or is that just uh, you know basically regular run-of-the-mill stuff that you hear now? No, I think because the way the National Lacrosse is and how valuable general managers you know take their free agents, they don't want to lose them. They always want to try to gain as much as they can, and – with the way that the compensation picks are right now, and I believe there's some tweaks to the rules coming, but in previous years past, you know, if you were going to lose, lose a UFA, you were going to pretty much going to get a first rounder if he was a high end guy. So if you weren't going to get a first round pick within a trade, then it didn't really make sense. So in years past, we always kind of wait for the big apple to fall and they never really did. We've seen a few in years past, but we've never really had like in retrospect, this was a fairly busy trade deadline for the national cross yeah. with with eight of the 14 teams making some sort of move so it, it was quite interesting to follow because at the end of the day it was a lot of the middle of the road teams the teams that are fringing on the playoffs or the teams that are maybe second and third in their their, their, their conferences are the ones that sort of really made the majority of the moves and i think that's great because it's it's gonna give us a, a wild finish down this stretch because yeah. You know, you look, take this weekend, for example, three teams in the West play two games. And all of a sudden, if chips fall where they may, you could have Vancouver, Panther City, and Saskatchewan all with five wins after this weekend. So there might be a reason why those lot of, some of those teams stayed padded because a three-game winning streak and you completely change your fortunes. And yeah. Saskatchewan is a championship team. They feel like they can get there. Calgary are the reigning and defending champions. They feel like they can still get there. So um, I really like the fact that it was a lot of, you know, sort of middle of the road moves, yep. but a lot of deals that at the end of the day really make sense. Now you, you talk about the middle of the road deals. I'm wondering for you, you, you look at the teams, 
we're talking about teams that maybe stayed pat and for a good reason, obviously Calgary, Saskatchewan, thinking they can make a push and get in. Yeah. Um, for you, is there a team that didn't make a deal that you were like, hey, you guys definitely should have made a deal here or you should have moved somebody or done something uh, besides uh... – I kind of thought Calgary might. I thought I kind of thought San Diego was going to be a little more active. Um, but I, I don't think there was a team at the end of the day, you know, besides Saskatchewan. But again, Derek, I'm never going to question what Derek Keenan does. I don't yeah. think there was really at the end of the day a team that I said, man, I really wish they did something. Um, yeah, the teams yeah. that all made moves, I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that's that's a good move. I can see that. When you look at Vancouver's roster – you know, really the only asset they would have to kind of trade away is Kyle Killen. And yeah. they're not going to give up on Kyle Killen right now because he's Ooh. one of the most hottest, the hottest shooters in the game right now. So, um, you know, Calgary is still young. You know, they, they've they've got some pieces still that they can they can work around. I, I don't know what Curtis Dixon does in the offseason. But again, if Calgary didn't get a deal that blew their socks off, getting a first round compensation pick for for him isn't the worst. So um at the end of the day i i thought it was a, a very busy and exciting one but i think it kind of played a little out eventually the way it should have yeah no definitely now let's move to my topic to which is the the halifax thunderbirds yeah. i did write an article about these guys uh obviously the weekend they had was not favorable but one thing that i'm starting to notice and i want to ask these questions before we get into the moves that they made um the thunderbirds you know, more than half of their games are giving up the the first goal or the first and second goal, which we all know that trailing behind, especially when you start to get into the playoffs, is not going to be a recipe for success. And then, of course, you also look at the Thunderbirds giving up pretty much, I think it's the second most shorthanded goals in the league as well, which that is a last weekend. Yeah. yeah, that is a scary thing to look at. it. And they were second in the league going into the weekend, not even including mm. what happened to them you know, over that course. Yeah, um, yeah. I look at those two things and I look at them as concerning, but also, like I said in my article, I look at them as things that, hey, you may be able to improve on these things and you're an eight and three team right now, or at the time they're an eight one team, you know, yeah, yeah. that's the scary thing. If you fix those two things, you're that much better. But for you but, looking at the Thunderbirds, what do they need to do to address those two things? Now you can't do anything because the trade deadline's done. What do you do internally to fix those things up? Yeah, and I, I think that's just uh, a lot of those things are just character things. You know, being able to start on time is a gut check. You have to be mentally ready. You know, Micah Kersey and Billy D. Smith and Stu Montour and Roger Kreisler and all those guys can put the game plan in place. But it's up yeah. to Cody Jamison and it's up to Graham Hossick and Stephen Keogh and the veterans on that group, Scotty Campbell, um, to make sure that the guys are ready. You know, and you have to be able to hit that switch right away and yeah this was a tough tough weekend for them and the addition of sean evans probably didn't help the chemistry of things but being able to start on time is just a, a mental thing you, you just have to be ready to go and you know finding a will to score that for you have the best draw guy in the league right now and jake withers you're yep. getting a majority of the possession you should be able to win that first draw go down and get that first goal with the offense that they have you should be able to win the next draw and go get two they should be able to at least have six seven good scoring chances in the first half or the first quarter even just by the amount of face-offs that jake withers can get them and the amount of loose yeah. balls this team gets the other area that i would like to see them kind of improve on obviously is their power play and i think 
a lot of that has to do with guys that have been in and out of the lineup. But I think they're pretty healthy now, and I think the group that they have right now is a, a very veteran-laden group and a, a group that's played together for the majority of the past year and a half that they've been in Halifax. So I think they just need to simplify things, maybe take a an, a Saskatchewan approach of more shots are better, because I often notice that Halifax really tries to wait for that one extra pass to get that empty net look. I think they just need to have more volume. I think they just need to be, you know what? If we can go five seconds in, high seal, get a good look, find a rebound, go again, I think they need to be able to do that. I don't think they're doing themselves a lot of favors. Having a power play that goes for 23, four or five seconds before they actually get a shot off because they're trying to be too cute. I think this is a power play that struggles. So to get out of that slump, shoot to your hot, shoot to your not, right? Let's get some more output from these guys. And I think if they can get that power play going, um, Warren Hill and that defense is going to solidify things. Their short man is, is, isn't an issue for me. And I think they can turn energy from the defense into offense. So, you know, find some character, find some guts, get ready for that first, you know, first shift of the game. And when you get on the power play, keep it simple. Two passes, find an open look, get the rebound, do it all over again. And I don't think there should be a lot of concern, but the later it goes, this power play continues to flounder, it will start to become a concern as we get to the playoffs. Well, yeah, and it'll be a talking point. I mean, you see the flags behind me here. The same thing happened to that team last year, yeah. and that became a huge thing. And, again, you talk about being too cute. We, we watched it there, and I'm seeing it here, the same kind of thing, looking for almost that perfect goal or that perfect yeah. way to score. And maybe, like you said, just get ugly, get gritty, get it in there and just sling the ball in and get a goal. Just get it somehow. Yeah. Get it rolling, get that monkey off your back, so to speak, and just get that, that Vancouver game. Yeah. In in that Vancouver game, you know, I look I look back at the Casey Jackson goal or the Kyle Jackson goal where he just kind of it was a couple skips, it was late in the 30, and he just didn't really just threw a shot on net and it went through bouquet, and it was a bit of a turning point for them. And you you gotta put the ball on net to get lucky bounces, and I think they just need to have a higher volume output of shots. You and, and I think they will start to find a little more success. Just And that gives guys confidence. That guys allow allow guys to get into a rhythm things. Because what, if you're the hot stick, you're going to be getting – you're going out every shift, right? And yeah. th- that's going to build the chemistry. And I think that's just what this – this team just needs to find some chemistry, find a hot streak, find a little selfishness at times, take an open shot that's there. And the fact that they got a week off before going into a now massive doubleheader with the bandits, uh, I it, it couldn't come at a better time. Yeah, well, it gives you time to work on things, and I guess just come together with some of the new guys too, Dawson Thieden and, um, mm. and Mr. Evans. The reason why yeah. I thought the Evans deal was kind of good, you look at the scoring uh, in the NLL, and there's no really top goal getter for the Thunderbirds within the top, I think it's top 10 or top 15 league, which if you're one of the top teams, you definitely want to have, like you said, a hot stick, a hot guy, that's, you know, riding on the goals. Um, I'm wondering for you, someone's going to come in and get it done. Is it going to be, is it going to be Evans? You're just talking about maybe having to sit him. Um, yeah. Who, who's going to be the guy, I guess, that's going to kind of pick this up and get it running here. Cause it seems like this weekend was almost like a, a big letdown for them. And you don't want to mm-hmm. let the air of the momentum balloon because they had good Mo this season. Eight and one is yeah. nothing to snub your nose at before this weekend. And now you're eight and three, like you said, a big double header coming up. You got to find someone to, like you said, maybe just be, be that energy spark for them to, to do these things right here. 
whether it's Withers winning the draw, it doesn't matter, but it's got to be somebody putting the, the, the ball in the net. And, and and I don't mean to say that the guys don't have energy. I, I mean, they just need to be energetically ready to go right off the first off because, you yeah. know, Clark yeah. Peterson and Austin Chanks and Chris Boucher and, and, and Cody James and Kyle Jackson, these guys are high energy guys. They just need to be able to have that right out the gate. But I, I truly believe that this is and forever will be until he decides he's not going to be a part of this team. Uh, this is Cody Jameson's team. And he is their leader. He is their voice. He is their catalyst. And I think if anybody can get this team to be on the same page, it's number 88. And you add in a guy like Sean Evans is integral. If you're going to be able to find him in a regular role, I just don't know if you do because Peterson, Shanks, Bushi, you have these guys and Keel is going to be healthy. Those four guys were the guys that helped you get to eight and one. And I, I just don't know if, like the Sean Evans thing was a necessity thing. We all can agree on that. But the fact that they might be sitting him is just crazy to me. I don't know how well that will sit with Sean Evans uh, because he's one of the fiercest competitors out there. But at the end of the day, this is Cody Jamison's team, and he will lead by example. I think they just all need to kind of start pulling on the same rope. The bye week is huge. Guys can rest up. They can look at film. They can talk a lot of things over. They can be prepared for that doubleheader weekend. But that is – if you want to be first place overall, or at least in the Eastern Conference, they got to win those two games, uh, and it is going to be a hell of a matchup. Oh, definitely is. I'm I'm pumped up for those two games. Um, now let's talk about this one. Obviously, we we talked about it just a moment ago. Uh, Steph LeBlanc leaving the uh, yeah. the Halifax Thunderbirds. Um, that was a gut punch to me. Because actually, we just, I was literally just talking about him not even hours before that that happened, and I was just like, wow, okay, that's a name that I, I'm really familiar with. Um, why do you think the Thunderbirds moved him? Obviously, you look at Thede and his loose balls and the points he's been able to put up and in the limited of action, really, that he's seen so far. Um, maybe that's something they're looking at. I'm, I'm wondering for you, what made that deal kind of necessity for the Thunderbirds and and why was Steph LeBlanc the guy going out the door? Yeah, I, I don't know the reason. Um, you could look at just straight optics of it all and the fact that Steph was a healthy scratch. Uh, for the second game of that doubleheader weekend. Uh, maybe that was a catalyst to it. Maybe he didn't like that. I know Pat Gregoire on our show this week off the crossbar mentioned that, you know, there maybe something was said between yeah. Steph and management, and maybe he wasn't happy. Maybe voices displeasure, and maybe management didn't like that. And they said, all right, well, this is the case. We, like, this is the case that they're now in having Sean Evans, right? And, yeah. and now you bring in Keogh back, like, they have an abundance of guys, and someone talented is going to be sitting every single game, maybe even two guys, depending on how they want to sort of set up their roster every night. And it obviously made sense for them, said, hey, you know what? He doesn't want to – he's upset. He doesn't like his positioning here. Let's see what we can do. And getting Dawson Feed, I think, is a bit of a two-pronged attack. One, he is going to school out in Halifax playing hockey. Yeah. Um, so he has some of, of availability there. He's in market. They can, you know, they don't have to fly him in or anything. So that's kind of a low cost kind of thing. Um, but he also uh, brings some toughness. He is a mean SOB and he has no issues dropping the mitts and squaring off with the guy. I think they could add a little bit of that out the front door if they ever need to bring him in for a game just to kind of set the tone, especially with two games with Buffalo coming up. I wouldn't surprise me 
if he had availability that we see Dawson Thede in one of those two games. So they make that move. And I kind of, so that was, that that's kind of how it probably all came about it. Most likely something was said that wasn't appreciated and a deal was made to move him to somewhere where he could be happy. And yeah. we talked about this on the show. We'll kind of make this the roundabout tour of the deal is that, you know, there was probably a very slim chance, like less than 5% chance that Steph LeBlanc was going to report to Panther City. It is just way too hard to get from Halifax to Panther City on a regular basis or to the Western teams that PCLC is going to have to play on a regular basis. Yeah. That was just not a trip that he was going to want to move. So we kind of thought that Kurt Styers probably didn't want to trade Steph LeBlanc within the conference. Yep. I'm sure there's probably teams that maybe heard the rumor and said, hey, maybe we can go get him. They're like, no, we're not training him a conference. So they ship him to Panther City, who then ship him to Georgia, and they get a pick back. So it was kind of like a three-team deal that wasn't a three-team deal, yeah. and most likely because originally they didn't want to trade him within conference, but they ends up being in the conference. So uh, it's just kind of funny how that all worked out. But I think getting Dawson Theed is, is a great acquisition um, they get a little younger. Uh, sure, he doesn't have the the scoring acumen that Steph LeBlanc does, but that's not what you're bringing him in for. I think yeah. you're bringing him in for his grit, his toughness, and the fact that you know he's a young guy that you can kind of keep around for a while. Yeah, well, one thing, like I said, I really like the fact the loose balls for him was something that he's working towards, and, and the number mm-hmm. is going up. So that's a good thing as well with, with the Thunderbirds. And I like a good scrap. I like a good Tilly. Um, but we just talked about energy and maybe getting guys to start on time. What better way to get a guy to start on time than getting out there and just messing it up with somebody and just really just being that mean SOB, like you said, and getting underneath people's skin, getting people into it, getting people yeah. chirping, getting people going back and forth, jousting, whatever. Those things, yeah. I don't care what anybody says, get you into the game. because yeah. then And they get the fans into the game. They get the rest of your bench into the game. And you know what? That's – that's Sean Evans 10, 15 years ago. You know, you know, early to mid Sean Evans, that was him. And he still has that feistiness and that edge to him, but I don't think he's as willing to drop the mitts as he once was. Whereas Dawson Thede just doesn't have that fear right now. He's a lot younger and he doesn't have as many responsibilities as Shawnee does. So I, I think, you know, the thought of maybe bringing Sean Evans in originally as that kind of hold spot for Kia was great. I think now you bring in Dawson Thede for, you know, the opportunity, you have a couple double headers coming up. you got a tough April coming up. You might need to throw him in the lineup once or twice. And it's, it just becomes that crazy number numbers game again with Halifax. And I just don't know how they're going to manage all that talent um, on both sides of the ball. Because, yeah. you know, you have, you know, you could, Patty mentioned this, you could maybe even slide um, Clark Peterson and make him a D tranny guy and give him the green light to stay. But, then you're taking A, you're taking away his offensive shifts, but B, you're probably going to have to take a guy like Nungo Thompson out of the lineup because you already got David Brock out of the lineup. So it just creates a waterfall cascading effect of, of who's out. And if this guy's out, then we may have to make an adjustment somewhere else. So um, it, it's going to be a tough position. I think everyone's well, just going to have to be okay with with, with just – right? Yeah, yeah. Then everyone's got to take advantage of their opportunity. But if it's not your night – you can't be Debbie Downer, right? That's yeah. that's the worst thing you can do. Whether you're a future Hall of Famer like Sean Evans or a young second-year guy like Nungo Thompson, whether you're in or out, you have to still be there for your team. No, definitely. And what I was saying there, just uh, to rehash it, 
we were talking about this team getting chemistry and gelling together too. If you're yeah. constantly pulling guys in and out of the lineup and putting them in different spots, it's going to get a little hard to get that continuity down. 100%. 100%. And that's why I just don't think Sean Evans plays as much as he would like because of the chemistry that's already there between Peterson, Shanks, Bushy, and Keo. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with you 100%. So with the moves that Thunderbirds made, do you think this makes the team better? And do you think that this team has what it takes to go on a run and maybe pick up Halifax's first chip? Yeah, I, I still think they have the ability to do it. Um, I don't know if the moves in the like in the grand scheme of the last nine weeks or seven weeks, whatever we have left, I don't think those moves directly made them a better team. I think in all reaction, in actuality, what it's done is it's kind of they brought in Evans and they brought in Feed. They can kind of maybe just put those guys on the side of the ledger and just stick with the main group of guys. Like, hey, you're our group. You guys are what we have going forward. Evie, if we need a righty, you're going in. Dawson, if we need a lefty, you're going in. But everybody else, you are in for the remainder of the season. You are penned in to the starting roster right now. This is our 17 guys we're going with night in and night out. Let's see what we can do. Let's build chemistry that way. If you need to plug and play a guy, great. But if you're doing – you know, one game it's this roster, the next game it's this roster, the next game it's a different roster. Like for the next four yeah. weeks, five weeks, it's a different roster. You're not helping yourself. Yes, this weekend is a doubleheader, so there'll probably be some guys in and out. Um, and yeah, those doubleheaders, sure. we can see that happening. But over the course of the majority of the season, I think they need to have a set 17 guys and run with that as best they can. Well, it's something we're definitely going to look at. Now, I want to ask this question uh, before I let you go tonight. Um, you look at the uh, the whole NLL picture. For you, everybody talks about whatever league it is, whether it's the MLB, the NFL, you know, all the different leagues. There's a team that has done all the right things, and you're like, this team right now is poised to do what we think they should do. What team is that in the NLL, and why? Uh, it's it's man. I almost said it's most obviously Buffalo. Uh, I, I'm really happy with what San Diego is doing, but the East and West are just two different powerhouses right now. Like San Diego is kind of running away, not running away, but they're, they're the Kings of the West right now, but yep. they don't have the, the swagger. They don't have the um, just overabundance of dominance that Buffalo has shown. And yes, San Diego has kind of had guys in and out of the lineup and they've been hit with a lot of injuries and COVID more than so than other teams. But I would have to say it's Buffalo. They are just built to be a championship team right now. They didn't really make any major moves other than acquiring another first round draft pick. Um, but this is a group that is built to win the way to Hogan Nanakoka is playing right now. just gives them another weapon alongside burn and, and Dane Smith. I think Matt Vince is playing goalie of the year, even MVP type lacrosse right now, that defense. You, I don't think they get as much recognition because of what the offense does, but that is a very imposing and dominant defense. And the fact that this is a group that could probably stay together for a few for a few more years and win a few championships, I think they are doing everything the right way. And Steve Dietrich really needs to be commended of how he's been able to get that group of guys all on the same page. It truly does help that a lot of those guys play for the chaos in the PLL and they've created that bond. And a lot of those guys live in Buffalo and have a great chemistry away from the rink. That goes a long way. And Buffalo has been a team that a lot of people pegged to be the champs. 
preseason, and I think they're walking the walk ever since game one. Well, it's going to be uh, tough biscuits for uh, for Halifax fans to listen to right now. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, <clears throat> I, I was hoping you'd say something like the you know Thunderbirds got this. Don't worry about this, guys. No, but honestly, I, I love to to hear that because out here, man, the Thunderbirds are kings. Everybody loves them. But finally, getting them back, finally getting fans in the building is absolutely amazing. Uh, everybody's jacked up, man. The NLL is growing. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised very soon if it surpasses some of the other major leagues. Um, just the amount of sheer amount of people that I hear talk about it on a regular basis now that weren't talking about it just because it finally got here on TSN and it's finally yeah. on ESPN. The eyeballs on the sport is amazing. Uh, that's why I think the trade deadline was so much more impactful and all these different people chirping and talking and, hey, I want my team to do this and they better do that. Oh, they didn't get this guy, you know. It's good to see, and I love it. And I enjoy having you on because you're a wealth of knowledge, and it makes it much more fun for me, not only as a fan, but as a guy who's starting to dip his toe in the water, writing and doing different things to talk about this stuff, because I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're, you're doing excellent work. And, and you know, a couple things. Um, you know, yes, I, I think kind of Buffalo's walking the walk, but – the fact that, you know, Halifax gets this bye week, they win two games against Buffalo and that whole table is flipped, right? Then then yeah. we're right back to square one and saying, okay, maybe Halifax does have the jam to do it. Uh, but, you know, I think one other thing we didn't really talk about is is that teams are wary that expansion is, is still a thing. Yeah. Right? Vegas is coming in next year. So there were probably some, you know, the tr- some trades that we thought might happen, but teams like, no, nah, I don't want to move that guy because – if I move them, that's one less body that I have for expansion. So I think some teams were very wary of that as well. Um, you know, Halifax has been awesome since day one, much like when the National Lacrosse League went to Saskatoon the very first time. Both yep. cities got championship teams. Both teams got incredible owners. And, and both are incredible fan bases that just absolutely love sports and love supporting their local hometown team. And um, I can tell you this now and maybe break some news right here on the show, but uh, I'll be in Halifax in two weeks for the Buffalo game. I'll be doing the game with Patty Gregoire. Um, they've asked me to kind of hop out. There's just a, a conflict of schedule because this was a, a makeup game because of COVID. So um, John Catalano and the group have uh, asked me to come out. So I will uh, be in your backyard. I'll get to experience the oh. nest firsthand, uh, have some chowder uh, and see what the East coast is all about. So I'm super excited for that, but, um, you know, the, the NLL is in a good place. I know there's been a lot of outside noise because of news in the last few weeks, but we had an incredible trade deadline. We're going to have an incredible run to the playoffs, and I think this will be one of the best postseasons we've seen, and everyone's going to be able to watch it on TSN and ESPN, which just makes it all that much more sweeter. It does, and, and you know, some of the things that we got to talk to, and I know he's no longer the commissioner, but when we had Nick Sakevich on, and we talked about the, the, you know, the tentpole events, you know, mm-hmm. those coming up as well, you know. I can't wait to see how those grow, but to talk about the fact of possibly doing an outdoor kind of game like the NHL does and, you know, get yeah. that kind of feel like an origins game, so to speak, I think that's going to be amazing. But there's so many things that can happen. And yeah, you're right. It's going to be amazing. But when you're out here, I'm going to hunt you down and we are going to bring it down in, man. I, I, Absolutely, we, brother. I look forward to it. All right, man. Well, hey, that's been Teddy Jenner. This- We are Offside LAX, and this is where LAX comes to talk. All right, guys. Cheers.